It's an honor and a privilege to share with you today to be back at Asbury. I say that because I have sat where you have sat and been where you have been, both literally and figuratively, as uh, my husband and I both graduated from Asbury in the spring of 1999. And so these years at Asbury were grounding times, were formative times, were shaping times. Um, how the Lord would use us, we really didn't have a clue. Where we would go, we didn't really have a clue. Not sure about how you feel about your plans, but I think God has a sense of humor with our plans. And as uh, we went out from Asbury, we went on to be pastors in Georgia, the state of Georgia, and then missionaries in Africa and in Europe. Recently, we've just moved from Hamburg, Germany, a port city where I was pastoring an international intercultural church. And that's the context out of which I share with you today. We moved to Africa when we uh, had very young children. My oldest was two, my youngest was a baby, not yet one. I don't know when's the last time you hung out with infants and toddlers, but time is a, a difficult thing for small children to get their minds around developmentally. And so one of the hardest things that I found about being a missionary in a foreign country was about this bit of missing loved ones, missing family, missing grandparents. I so longed to have my children have a deep and abiding relationship with my parents, who we had affect affectionately called Ama, which is my mom, and Papa, their granddad. And so I found myself in our time away in Ghana, frequently talking about Papa and Ama, getting out the picture books so that they would see what they look like, talking about their love for me and for them. And then finally, finally, the day came. I think for a toddler, a month must be like, what, a dog year. And a year must be like a decade. So a year and a half into our time in West Africa, my parents took great pains and expense and time to come over to West Africa, which is kind of like the heat we've been experiencing here in Kentucky, the sticky hot, though with a lot less electricity and a lot less air conditioning. And so there we were at the airport. Have you seen these scenes at the airport, the welcome scenes? One of my favorite pictures in my lifetime's mind is this picture at the airport. So I bring my children, who are now three and two, to the airport. We're waiting, 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 as if a year and a half hadn't been long enough. We're longing for them at the airport. And I knew that the waiting would be rewarded. I knew that I would be able to pick out my parents from the crowd of people coming off of the airplane through passport security and down that hallway in Accra, Ghana. And sure enough, I was one of the first to catch a glimpse of my dad. You see, I know my dad and my mom. I know the sound of their voice. I know their shadows. I know how they walk. I knew about what they would wear. I could picture it. I knew that after a long overnight flight, my dad would have his baseball-style cap on, slightly tilted and disheveled to one side. And there from a distance, I saw him. I saw Papa with Ama right behind him. And excitedly, excitedly, I leaned into my children. I brought them close to me, and I said, I see Papa. I see Ama. We get to welcome them. We get to hug them. 
Do you see Papa? Run to Papa. And my children with a newfound confidence, my now three-year-old with all sorts of vocabulary in his mind to share with his grandparents, my one, my one two-year-old now with still the pacifier in his mouth and the smile coming out of the corner of his pacifier started running. They didn't wait for mom and dad, they went. They started weaving through this busy airport by these giants of other adults and found Papa, found Ama. And as you can imagine, the grandparents' arms were open wide. My dad even got down on his knee to bring the grandchildren up to him with a long look and a long embrace. For me, that was one of those moments I thought my heart would explode. I couldn't decide which was my higher joy. Was it to see my children giddy at finding their grandparents embracing them? Or was it to see the joy on my parents' faces? They had said before they came, I wonder if Aiden and Eli will even recognize me. Will they remember who I am? And there, the joy on their faces is they realized that their grandchildren had not only not forgotten, they were excited to be embraced by their grandparents let alone my own longing fulfilled. That opportunity to again kiss my mother. That opportunity to again feel the long arms of my dad encircled around me in an embrace. What a joyous moment that was. What a joyous picture that is that speaks to my calling and I believe to your calling. Did you catch that, the prayer in the book of Ephesians? The prayer in Ephesians 3, how I love these prayers how deep and profound they are. Did you catch how Paul here is praying for the church, praying for the believers, praying for those of us who know Christ, and yet he's praying that they would know the love of Christ. Do you see that in verse 19? I'm praying that they would know the love of Christ. You who are Hebrew and Greek scholars know that to know, that verb in the Hebrew, is a very well-rounded, full-meaning word. And Adam knew his wife Eve. And there came Cain. And then the Greek New Testament is like that, isn't it? To know is to know with fullness of knowledge, but also to begin to perceive, to understand, to learn, to grow in, to experience to know. This is the kind of knowing that's not just a one-off knowing, but it's a deepening relationship of love in Christ. And so here is Paul with the heart of a pastor praying for the church. And I was thinking about, here I am coming home among you at Asbury. What's one thing? If I could share one thing as a piece of advice, if I could lean into you and say one thing, I would say in this time, in this season of your life, lean in and run to God. Run into the loving embrace of Jesus Christ who went to great lengths to come and find you, to pour out His life to you, to love you, to forgive you, to transform you. What an opportunity for us to be here at Asbury to run, to not walk, but to run into the loving embrace of God. This is a lifelong calling of us. Beyond any ministry we do, this is just our calling as disciples to have a longing for God. 
And what could be one of the highest things ever said about us? as ministers and servants of the gospel, whatever form ministry may take, one of the highest things that could be said of us is, they pointed me to Christ. They taught me that God would be trusted, that God would embrace me and love me and wrap his arms around me. And so if you're going to teach others to know Christ, you need to know Christ, not just a little You need to know. And here in the Scripture, Paul is teaching about the multi-dimensional fullness of knowing. And so I want to join in with this prayer in the book of Ephesians. And I pray that you can make this your prayer this morning as we prepare our hearts for communion, as we prepare our hearts to run up to the altar to receive a deeper embrace this morning. Almighty God, we come to You And we thank You for the riches of Your glory. We thank You for how You are so wonderful. And we pray that You would give us power by Your Spirit that Christ may come to really reside, to more deeply dwell in us through faith so that we can be more rooted, more grounded in Your love. And I pray that You would give us power to comprehend the height and breadth and length and depth, to really know, to really absorb, to really experience the love of God in Christ so that we might be filled with the fullness of God. So that we in turn then, Lord, can say to You how glorious You are, how worthy of praise, how You do more than we ever ask or imagine. To you belongs the glory and the praise. Amen.